Hello and welcome back to JoJo and the Fat Man Podcast with your favorite host. It's me, JoJo, and I'm the Fat Man. Just kidding. It's Cooper Lydon is alone. That's the podcast. It's me. I'm alone. You get it by now. 27, 28 episodes. You get the point. It's me. You can watch the first one and you've kind of seen the rest. That's the point of the show. It's every week you come back and I'm still here in purgatory with this pink background, this mic, this conch shell, my water bottle, some zin. I'm here. I'm stuck here. I don't leave my room. I don't leave my room and I don't speak. All I do is I sit in my room quietly in the dark on the edge of my bed and when it's nighttime I close my eyes for eight hours. I open them in the morning and then every Sunday to Tuesday I will speak for an hour doing this. And then I release it, and then I go back to sitting on the bed. You know how it works. You get it by now, okay? You got it. God. No, that's not true. I go out and I live an insane, crazy life that you guys tune in. You go, God, what the fuck has he been up to? I'll tell you. Um, I went to see the band Fish. Uh, the jam band, they've been around since, you know, late 80s. Uh, sort of like the Grateful Dead, just if you're not familiar. It's a jam band, band a lot of people make fun of, a lot of shit talking about fish. And I went and I saw them three days in a row. And maybe you're thinking, Cooper, why did you go see fish three days in a row? I like Rihanna. I only saw her once. And it's because Rihanna plays a tight show. She plays a tight show, probably playing the same songs on every run she's doing. So you don't need to go see all three. It's going to be the same show. She's a professional. Fish is a little different. They insist on having a different set list every night of every run of shows. And they play the songs very differently. So even if you've heard them before, that's why you go. And you see what they do. And then at the end, you go, second night was the best. And it was. Second night was the best. I was at the Hollywood Bowl. I went to the Hollywood Bowl three fucking days. Um, two days I went with my girlfriend because she's she's the fish head. She's seen over 100 shows. And, um, you know, fish shows are similar to, like, the Dead and Company and before that the Grateful Dead shows, which is that it's not really like seeing a concert so it's not like you're seeing like people perform it's like you're more so seeing four dudes jam and you get to be there for a few hours and you know like rick rubin said about the grateful dead he was like what they're doing is they're looking for something and sometimes they find it and when they do it's very magical because you have this like bluegrass jazz inspired kind of riffing on the guitar and, and everything that, that Grateful Dead does, and they're all working in unison on time. And so to get to see it live when it's good is really great. And even when you see it when it's bad, it's great, because you're like, oh, they didn't really get it tonight. You know what I mean? And you almost realize, you realize how hard it is what they're doing. You know what I mean? You're like, that's tough, you know? It's sort of like, you know, this podcast. I come up, and I and I just kind of try and bring things up to my head and talk about them for an hour and be entertaining. And sometimes you leave the podcast and you go, this is a good one. And sometimes you leave the podcast and you go, that was a bad one. And if you ask me to describe the difference between those two things, it's like, hey, man, we got a flow one week. The next week, it was not there, you know? 
Um, but yeah, I saw fish three nights and you know, that's exhausting. First two nights with my girlfriend. Cause you know, it's, it's mostly her thing. I'm the grateful dead fan. She's the fish fan. A couple is very hateable by a lot of people who don't like those bands. What an annoying concept, the grateful dead and fish couple. But I went two nights with her third night. She couldn't go. I was like, fuck it. I'll go. Got some free tickets way up at the top. Brought uh, brought two of my friends, one of my French girlfriends. None of them had seen Fish. They all had a good time. Um, but I was out there alone. I was like a Fish soldier. She was like, you going to go to the third show? I was like, I'm going to, yeah. I'll go to the third show. I'll do it. But it's tired because it's going to the Hollywood Bowl three days in a row. That's a big venue, man. That's like, I don't know if it's, I think it's less than like 10,000. It's probably like five, I don't know, five to 7,000 people in there. I feel like, I think that might be a vast over, might only be two. I don't know, but it is large, you know, and it's fucking crowded. And the line takes like the human line, just the bot, not cars, like just the walking line to get in took like at least half an hour every single time. And like, because it's all these fucking hippies. And they all have bags with 95 zippers on them that they fucking knitted out of yarn. So it's like, and these security guards care, which was stupid. So they're like checking every, like I, I was seeing flashlights in bags while there's like 500 people trying to get through one gate. And it's like, just let them, the weed's getting in. Just let them bring, stop. They're not, the weed's not even in the bag. Only, the only person that is going to just leave the drugs in the bag that you're going to check is somebody who doesn't respect your own time as as an agent of the Hollywood Bowl law enforcement, you know? Um, but it was like, that's the exhausting part, is like, you, you Uber there, you go to the lot, you take some nitrous balloons, you get a little fucked up, then you walk in, which takes like, you know, it's like an hour process from like the lot through the gate to the bathroom because I got to piss to get beers because I got to drink beer so I can piss more to get up to my seat. It's like a trek, and I did that three days in a row, and it felt like I was doing a fucking triathlon at a certain point. I mean, um, and the second night was funny. I just, it was such like a, like a, it was such a boyfriend moment where you're just, you're trying your best, but you come up short. And she wasn't upset with me at all, but I came up short because, my girlfriend, I was I was gonna go get a beer. I was like, "Do you want anything?" She's like, "Yeah, I'll take a vodka soda." I asked the friends we're with. One of them's like, "Can I get a twisted tea? Got to have a little twisty." So I'm like, "Yeah," and uh, I look around for a bar that has liquor. There are none in the Hollywood Bowl. There are none, and I guess they tell you that at some point, but that's not advertised. But that's like the one thing that a lot of people would like to know pretty immediately is like, is there What's the deal, you know? Um, and I just looked, and I couldn't find it. I waited in one line for 10 minutes and realized I didn't have a vodka soda. I was like, fuck me. I left. I looked at another for a couple minutes. I was like, fuck me. They don't have it. Then I realized they just, I don't think they had liquor. And it was one of those moments where I looked around the entire side of the Hollywood. Like, I only went on one side, but I was like, there's no way there's only one bar and it's on one side. I'm going to check this side. I looked. I saw no, no liquor anywhere. And I was like, she's not going to believe this. No person in their right mind is going to believe that this venue doesn't sell liquor. But it is a different license, so I understand why. But I was like, damn, 
they don't sell liquor. I'm going to tell her. She's going to be like, that's all right. I'll find it. She's going to look. She's not going to find it because you can't fucking find it. And um, I'm looking around. Finally, I just hop in a line just to buy some beers for us and a twisted tea for the man. Um, and I got three. And I try and buy it. And then the guy goes, you can only buy two drinks at once. And that was when what I knew was coming finally happened where I didn't yell or anything, but I was at the screen. There's a guy next to me and I was like, God fucking damn, this stupid fucking bullshit. You can only buy two. This is fucking bullshit. And he was kind of looking over. And it's good when you see a guy look over and be like, that guy's mad and not say anything because you're like, all right, good. Because it really would have pissed me off if he was like, it's all right, man. I'd be like, it's not fucking all right. And the worst part was that I left right as they started to play a cover of Strawberry Letter 23. They're like, that song, you know, they cover that, but it's like a fish kind of version, so it's very good. Um, I missed that. I was like, damn, that's a loss. Whatever. We'll get, we'll, 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 you know, we'll go back. And I leave. I miss another song, and I'm like, damn. That sucks, but whatever. And their songs are like seven minutes each. So like I'm I'm gone for like half an hour. And then they start playing this song Shade, which is like, you know, it's kind of me and my girlfriend's fish song. It's kind of our relationship song, okay? All right. And we're not have a song, people, but yeah, we got a song. And they start playing it, and it's funny because it's a slow, it's like a love song. You know, it's 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 it's, it's a love song and it's slow. So I hear the piano like dun dun. Dun 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 dun, dun 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 dun, and then I text my girlfriend. I just go, "God fucking damn it!" And she goes, "Come back!" But I'm right at the front of the line to buy these drinks, and I'm like, "I gotta, I can't come back empty-handed because I also owe a twisted tea to a guy I don't know that well, so I can't leave for thirty minutes and be like, "Oh damn, I couldn't find it." Then I heard the song, had to run back. I'm like, "That's such a fried brain." Like I gotta. I don't know. I think the me wanting to not be a fucking asshole and come back empty-handed overrode me getting to share a moment with my girlfriend. But it was hilarious because it was just such a defeated boyfriend moment where I'm in line waiting as people are taking forever to check out, and I hear them play fit. I hear them play this song "Shade," and it's a beautiful song. And I'm just like, "Fuck!" And I'm like punching my chest. I'm so fucking mad at myself, you know. And it's just the funniest feeling to feel at a concert. When you just, you, you're just fucking up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like just, it's, you only feel that moment at a concert where you're like, this was supposed to go well and I was supposed to be there and kiss her while this song plays. And then you're just missing it. I came back 30 minutes later with a beer for uh, her, which she didn't end up wanting. She didn't want a beer to begin with. I was getting her a consolation beer and she didn't want it. I understood that. And a twisted tea. And I just stood there quietly and just watched them play and, like, kind of weeped. Like, I am could never be in war uh, because that was traumatic. It was very traumatic to walk around the bowl. And also, like, I don't know, I think I was on a little bit of Molly, so, like, I was a little emotional, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of hurt to not be able to get her the vodka soda. Um, and, uh... You know, and then she was like, oh, I'll find it. Don't worry. And then they left. She came back. She's like, it's fucking crazy. They don't have fucking vodka sodas here, you know? And I was like, yeah, I know. I know. And, you know, she was never upset with me, so I never needed her to be like, damn, you're right, my bet. Like, I didn't need that. But, um, but yeah, I, I, fu I fucked up. I mean, I didn't fuck up. The Hollywood Bowl fucked up. But I guess I fucked up by not knowing their rules. Um, and get it. Came back and just utterly defeated and just almost cried. 
but there is nothing better than um being so just like angry crying while you're kind of in the dark at a concert and everybody's having fun you're like well nobody's watching me but i feel horrible right now you know what i mean like it is a funny feeling to be like and just know nobody at least nobody's seeing this you know but it was um it was embarrassing but i mean they were good you know um i did small amounts of molly every day three days in a row which is not the move um because molly if you do it or actually i think anything in that family if you do it a lot or even i think if really just even if you kind of only do it once it's like it just fucks up your the chemicals in your head and you get real depressed after and people that like go to raves and do molly for years eventually just become like fully depressed people which is um i don't think those people deserve it because i don't think they're bad people but it is a pretty funny dichotomy of mental states to be like a rave person you know like you're just young and you're all hot. Like you're either a cut dude or you're a hot girl in a bikini and you're just taking Molly all the time. And then all of a sudden you wake up, you're 29 and you're like, I'm so sad. Fuck. And then it's also compounded with the fact that like you spent a lot of time going to shows. You don't really build a life. You know what I mean? So you don't have anything to be like, but it's all right. You know? So like you're all pissed, but I don't know. This is like, I'm like two days away. I don't really feel any more depressed than usual, which is, I think I'm just naturally not psyched to be alive so any you know if i get a little uptick and i want to die i'm like well this happens every few months anyway so this is fine i can handle this you know what i mean i was talking about that with my girlfriend because she even she said something that i've noticed in myself which is like i i do okay on drugs because I feel bad while I'm sober all the time, that if I start feeling bad while I'm on drugs, I'm like, well, this is just, this is the same thing, but I guess it's crazy now, at least. You know what I mean? Like, my girlfriend, she doesn't smoke weed. She just, she never really smokes weed. But she was like, what do you do if you smoke weed and you panic? And I was like, I just panic. Like, I just feel like I'm panicking. And then I go, okay, I'm panicking. I guess I'm panicked. And then I just live in that until I come to terms with it or I'm no longer high. And then that's how you get through it. But yeah, it is It is funny. It's like if you hate yourself and want to die enough, if you get fucked up and then your brain is like, oh, I want to fucking kill myself. You're like, yeah, yeah, no, like for whatever. But like at least we're high right now. Like that's cool. Like I had a good moment on the third night where I had done a little bit more Molly than before, and I had done better Molly, so I was a little bit more on Molly than before, which, you know, if you haven't done it, you just feel real warm. You just feel good. You're like, oh, I feel good. You know, like, the higher you get, you're like, I feel good. I feel better. I feel great, you know? Um, but I had a moment where it was, uh, you know, it kind of comes in waves, you know what I mean? You're like, when it's good, I think you're kind of rolling, so it's kind of hitting me. And it was a little much, and I was alone at the show, like my friends had gone to the concert. And I looked out, And I looked out, and my eyes got, like, tighter. And I was like, ooh, I'm freaking out a little bit. You know what I mean? I think it is it is funny to, like, it sounds like a stand-up comedy bit, and a lot of people do do it kind of as a stand-up comedy bit. Um, bit. 
But it is true that, like, it's juvenile to think that freaking out is not a part of the drugs. You know what I mean? Because that's, like, why all those phrases exist of, like, let's get fucked up. Let's lose our shit. Let's get out of our minds. Let's go crazy. Let's get off the wall. Whatever you call it. That is... All those phrases exist because those are things that you say while you're on the drug and it's you mean it and it's not in like a positive way. That's why when a guy's like a crazy thing, he's like, no, dude, I was fucked up. Not like I was fucked up, like I was fucked up. Those mean the same thing. You just don't know until you're high and you're like, oh, shit. You know, people are like, I want to get out of my head. You know what I mean? But then they really do get out of their head and they're like, this isn't fun. And it's like, oh, yeah, man, because people take this to not understand reality anymore. You thought this was a cakewalk, you know what I mean? I think that's the thing, it's like, people, people don't get that it's like, weed doesn't make you happy. It gets you high. And maybe you enjoy how that feels. But you might just not enjoy how that feels, because the high, it doesn't equate to happy or anything. It just equates to high. You just have this increase dopamine which i guess scientifically is supposed to be happy but i don't know aren't they finding out now that like depression and all that shit is like not from chemical imbalances you know what i mean so i don't even know but i like i like the the fear you know what i mean there is something about the fear that is exciting to me but um i don't know i i worry about drugs because i really don't you know the drugs that i will do are usually kind of psychedelics or weed or molly. That's kind of the lane that I stay in, you know. But it's light stuff, the drugs I'm doing. It's not light. Like, it's crazy when you're on it, but they're usually not, like, addictive and it's not a whole thing, you know. But they, what it does to your brain is, like, well, how is this? Some of this shit has to be permanent, but what does that really mean, you know? Because, like, I was talking to a guy last night that I know. He... He's been in the, in the game business-wise and consumer-wise for a while in terms of psychedelics and drugs in general. And he was like, yeah, I've been uh, tripped acid over 400 times. I eat mushrooms pretty much every day because he's a mushroom farmer. Um, I've done, you know, thousands and thousands of nitrous balloons. Um, but it's like, I can talk to this guy. I can speak to him. He gets up in the morning and puts his pants on and goes to work get stuff done. I mean, he talks your fucking ear off. And there is another dude that I know that has also done acid, maybe less than him because he's younger, but probably over a hundred times, you know, like hardcore, like hippie, like loves this, loves the, loves the acid, loves the nitrous. And like, you know, he puts his pants on. They are spandex tie dye pants, but he puts his pants on in the morning and he goes to work, but he will also talk your fucking ear off. So it seems like if you do a bunch of psychedelics for years, I don't know if you get dumber, but you just like don't shut the fuck up. That's like for some reason a thing is you just do not shut the fuck up in conversation and you just talk about bullshit that nobody really cares about. I mean, one time I was trying to fucking asked this dude a question and I couldn't break into the conversation because he was explaining to somebody uh, that he makes rings on Etsy. So that's what I worry about. That's what I, I do worry about becoming that guy.
Um, but also I'm just not somebody that's ever going to do that much drugs. Um, I, you know, I feel like I have binge problems and stuff, but I'm not like, a, hey, I tripped acid yesterday. Let's wake up again and do it again. You know, that's just not, it's not the life I live. It's not the brain I have, you know. Like I was talking to that guy and he was talking about how many times he's done DMT. And he was like, yeah, I remember I had one day, my friend had a DMT vapor pen. And I would, uh, I, I really had a day with that. And I was like, he had a day with that? And he was like, yeah, it was just like one DMT trip and then just do another back-to-back. And if you don't know anything about DMT, it's, like, kind of the strong... It's always described as, like, the strongest psychedelic, and it lasts, like, 12 minutes. I think, like, the hardcore, the trip itself is, like, you know, 12 or less minutes. Um, But you're, like, I think it feels like... I don't think you feel that amount of time passing. It might feel, like, a lot longer, because what people say is you blast off, and you, like, you even hear it. You hear, like, zoop! And then you just break through, and then you're in this realm that people talk about where there's, like, DMT entities and elves and, you know, like, my girlfriend's done a little, and she was saying that, like, they were, like, they were, like, laughing at her, almost, like, dancing with her, like, you're not ready for this, like, they kind of fuck with you, you know, and then I think when you do that enough, you start believing in different dimensions, because you're like, what was that? I've seen, I go back, I do this drug, and I see them again and again and again. Who are these people? And then I talk to other people, and they see the exact same people. So it's like, who, who, who are these people? But, yeah, he was saying he was just, he was, like, that's a drug that you do, like, one trip. Most people will do, it like, once in their life. They do, like, one trip. They're like, that was fucking crazy. This guy did, like, seven trips in a day, you know? Like, at that point, it's like, what are we even doing and it it was funny because it's like you know i heard that thing that like we only use six percent of our brain i want to see what the rest was like and uh it's crazy man and it's funny because it's like you want to look at that guy and be like that's not what that means or how that works like i don't think i don't think what you're saying is scientific at all you know but then he's also like i don't know man i was there i saw it and you're like yeah i guess i guess you're right you know what i mean hey i guess you're right you know but I don't know. The tripping stuff is cool. It's the nitrous that I worry about. You know, it's the gas that I worry about. If you don't know that, it's like laughing gas. It's the gas you take, and when you breathe it in, it makes your voice really deep, which is kind of funny. Like, you take it, and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. You know, like, you do that. Um, And then it just, it, like, spaces you out. You get this certain type of hallucination where it's like time starts skipping, and if a person telling you a story, it'll be like, it's crazy. But the reason you're feeling that is because what the nitrous molecules are doing is they're going into your brain, your blood or wherever, and they're interacting with like oxygen receptors or something, and you, your brain takes it in because it thinks it's oxygen. And then it accepts it, and then it murders brain cells because they're like, oh, wait, this is an oxygen. And then it, like, suffocates your brain cells that have let it in with love. So the high that you get is, like, the feeling of literally just your brain kind of, like, short-circuiting and dying. At least a piece of it is dying. Like, every single time you do nitrous, a brain cell that you have dies. And you only have so many. And you have a lot. But you don't regenerate them. It's the cells in the body that don't regenerate. Like, I I think, you know, your skin does, but not your brain. 
So you get what you get, and and you don't throw a fit, but you also don't do nitrous and kill all of them. So that's the thing that scares me with nitrous, because I'm like, damn. Even if I only do this once every few months, I'm still killing myself every time. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, yeah, I only chop a piece of my hand off every few months, but that piece of hand's not coming back. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's, I don't know, it's crazy. I was talking to a guy last night, and he was like, yeah, because he had gone to the show. He's like, I shouldn't tell you this, but, like, I got to hook up and get you tanks. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to. I, I, I buy this from people when I'm at shows. I will not have nitrous in my house. I have twice, and it's horrible. But he was like, yeah, I was real bad off, and I felt like my friends starting to have an intervention for me. I could feel that it was coming. And it's funny because he talks in the same way that the other two guys I mentioned talk. It's kind of this, like, they don't really look at you. They kind of look off and away, and they go, yeah, man, yeah. And then we, and then, huh, and huh, and yeah, and we were there, and it was, like, crazy, you know? I don't know what that is, but I definitely don't want to be at that point. And all I have to do to not be at that point is to not do an insane amount of drugs. But it's crazy because sometimes that's sometimes you kind of want to, you know, you re- you kind of want to do an insane amount of drugs. But I think what's tough is when you don't give your brain a break. I think that's when people get hurt is when you don't give it at least a little. And I know what I said about the brain cells, they don't regenerate. That's true. But a little breathing room also helps because it's, it's the consistency that murders your brain. If you stab it every day, it's like, dude, we're hemorrhaging blood, man. Like maybe if you did this over the course of 60 years very lightly, we'd sustain some damage, but we'd get out of this. But you are knocking yourself out every... You're practically blacking out every single day, like with the kind of damage you're doing to your brain. Um, So you just can't, you know? But, I mean, fuck do you want to, you know what I mean? Like, it's... I don't know. It's very crazy, because it's like, it's like an addictive thing. But it's... um. You know, and when you see people fucked up on it, you realize how dumb it is that you're fucking doing it. I remember I'd gone to a fish show in Madison Square Garden, and then we walked down the street in New York. We walked down the street to buy nitrous balloons because they weren't very close to the venue. And then uh, I was sitting, and we were doing the nitrous balloons, and uh, saw a six-year-old man, probably 60, doing balloons and I was like that's already kind of sad and the thing with nitrous is is it'll it'll make you fall down like it'll make you pass out and fall down because you just you're fucking up your brain so much that eventually your body's just like I can't stand like there's too much going on and like it's just it's just kind of that easy that like your body is just too much relaxed and too much out of it that it's like I guess standing doesn't matter and then you just fall um and this dude like face planted like just face planted and I just watched him like fuck and then luckily somebody else got up faster than we could and helped him but I was like fuck you know and and that's when you see that it's like really not something you should be doing it's also bad because it's just you're just buying gas from a tank so you gotta trust who you're buying that from because I'm pretty sure the second night somebody sold me gas from like the exhaust of their car because people do that 
Um, because I guess that also somehow gets you fucked. I don't understand, but I don't know. I woke up, I was throwing up. It was bad, but uh, you got to be real careful. I did find two guys. One guy had a, like a medical thing. Like when it tastes nice is when you can tell it's like from a fucking dentist's office. I found one guy who's a nice guy. I also found a guy who was told to me to be a explain described to me as a legendary nitrous dealer, and I thought that because he was an old fat man. Kind of looked like Jerry Garcia almost, uh, in all black with a band shirt on, white long hair, white beard. And I was like, hey, man, I heard about you. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, my tank's frozen right now. Sorry, but you can come back. And I like that he had a reason to be like, I can't sell you gas right now. Because I was like, a guy with an excuse as to why he can't sell you gas is kind of a guy that's like, you know what? The guy that's like, I got it. I got everything. I got everything you need. I got it all the time. I got everything you want. That's kind of dangerous for a drug dealer. You want a drug dealer to be like, I don't really have everything right now. You can come back, you know? And then you're like, oh, okay. So you. You're not even worried about making this $20. You know what I mean? He's like, nah, fuck that. So, so I don't know. It was a good time. But all in all, I mean, it's, uh, what I do to my brain is terrible, you know? Cause like, what I wanna do in my life is stuff like this and stand up. And that requires a certain amount of brain power. It's not like you have to be really smart, but you have to be able to put together cogent thoughts and relate to people. And if you spend your whole life trying to blast off into outer space, eventually you're going you're gonna to land in orbit and everything you say is not going to be that in touch with everybody in front of you. Which is funny because if you do acid, you do it with other people, sometimes you have really beautiful experiences with other people or mushrooms or psychedelics or whatever. Sometimes you have really beautiful connecting experiences with other people because you're so vulnerable and you're so broken down and you know, you can really connect with somebody. But at the same time, once you're back sober and you've just done too much acid, now everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? And you're like, I'm talking about the grand system that we all live in. We're all spokes in the wheel, man. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. It's 9 a.m. in a Starbucks, and you're just trying to cut me. Stop calling yourself a spoke in the wheel, you know? So you got to stay on point, you know? So I think I'm, I think I'm going to put down the nitrous, which is going to be probably impossible the next time I go to a show, to be honest. It's very tough because they come in balloons, brightly colored balloons. Some guy's like, hey, you want to buy three balloons, suck them down, and feel amazing? And you're like, yeah. Fucking obviously I do, idiot. But you're fucking your brain up. You know what I mean? And I gotta I gotta stay good for, for you guys. I gotta stay good for for all for all 14 of you. You know what I mean? And once again, offers open to just come over and just watch this happen live. I can just stop recording it, you know, if you just want to hear me talk. Um maybe we'll set up a Patreon. It's a hundred bucks a month, but you get to come over. That's why it's expensive. Cause I mean, I'm letting you in my house. Which is ugly. So, you know, it's kind of important that I that I do that. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Fish was good. It was good to be out. It was good to see everybody, you know. It was good to see what was happening. Uh, but, I, but I did burn my brain out a little bit. Sorry, came back, took a little break, took a little break. Went outside, smoked a little cigarette, thought about what are we going to close up with? And I didn't get much, but I thought about a couple things. I don't know. One part of the show that was fun was bringing my friend Morgan 
uh, because my friend Morgan is a black dude, and you uh, would uh, you're not gonna believe this. You are not gonna believe this, but most people that like the band Fish are white. I know it's crazy, but the one honestly the funniest part of the show was just walking in with him. Him seeing the venue and all these white people dancing shirtless in cargo shorts, and he just started laughing uncontrollably for a long time. And it wasn't like a, a forced laugh. It wasn't like a, huh, this, I should. It was like so genuinely funny. And it's very funny to show somebody of another race a thing that you like that is so your race you know what I mean that you're like this is so white what I'm showing you right now and he was laughing and I was like good laugh this is hilarious laugh it up I mean this is something please thank you for laughing because I know that you feel comfortable you know what I mean like this is good if he walked in and was stone cold silent then I'd be like all right maybe we maybe we should head out maybe this isn't such a safe space you know what I mean but um but, I mean, those shows are fun because you never see a crowd enjoy a concert more, to be honest. Like, you know, at other shows, it's like they play the hits and the whole crowd screams and they go wild. And, you know, obviously it's not like these shows are, you know, crazy different. But there's a part where, like, when they hit a crescendo in certain songs, it's a thing at the fish shows to throw glow sticks. So... When there's a great part, you see everybody standing, you see all the heads bobbing under the moving lights, and then you just see like a cascade across the whole venue of glow sticks being thrown. And I heard people say, yippee. Like, it's not just at a show when they play the hit and everybody's like, woo! It's like they play some shit that people like and then they go, yippee! And they're so excited just to hear it and they're not even looking at the stage and they're just so amped. It's like a... I don't know, it almost feels more like listening parties than they do actual shows. But, yeah, I mean, going there was very fun, and now I've just burned my brain out, so I'm going to not do a bunch of drugs and stay up super late and drink a bunch for three days in a row. Because I find that it makes you a little less keen when you're on air. You know what I mean? And listen, a lot of new jobs have just opened up for me. Don Lemon... And Tucker Carlson have both been fired. Uh, I'll take either job. Um, I think probably going to be better on the CNN side. You know, that's kind of more where I lie. But listen, Fox, if you are watching and you want uh, Cooper Lydon is alone and mad about America for an hour and you will pay me $1,700 a year, I'll do it. Um, I know that's a little less than what Tuck was making, but... I understand I got to start at the bottom, you know, and work my way up. But I would like my own hour-long show from the beginning of it. Um, but yeah, he's off. You know you know what sucks for Don Lemon is that, um, and I don't know anything about Don. A lot of people hate him. Seems like people on all sides hate him. I think he's a, I don't know. But uh, what's, what's interesting about Don Lemon getting fired is that Tucker Carlson, there's something with right-wing guys he can go right into podcasting and crush it. Like, he could open up a Patreon, have the biggest Patreon in the world, probably not make as much as he did on Fox, but make a shit ton of money, maybe even equal. I don't know. But he can make so much money with just that right-wing podcasting circuit. 
but like the left wing podcast is a thing, but it's always a younger thing. Young leftists want to listen to other young, like the Chapos and stuff like that, and like a group of like, I don't know, young intellectuals. Nobody is like, oh, Don Lemon has a podcast. I, I bet Gen Z is going to love that. You know what I mean? But there are a bunch of like Gen Z, like fucking frat boy dudes that if Tucker started a podcast, they would immediately listen. So it's got to suck that Don, Don, you know, his podcast game is pretty weak. You know what I mean? Like Obama and Bruce Springsteen have a podcast and it's like, I don't even think it's one of the most popular podcasts. Like probably got more views than me, but you know, I don't even, it's not even like a thing, but like Tucker, Tucker was doing podcasts before he was off of Fox news, which seems like a bad sign. You know, like if the guy that you look up to so much and he's also a broadcaster is doing lower level comedy broadcast, it's like, wait a minute. I thought you were the news, you know, like Bernie did Joe Rogan, but he used it as a way to explain his platform in a more casual way that I think really helped his campaign and got him a lot of new voters, you know. But, like, Tucker is, like, Tucker is supposed to be the guy that gives you information. But instead, he's, like, on, like, the Full Send podcast talking about how much he likes Zen. And you're like, wait, you're also the guy that's, like, telling people's parents how to vote? You know what I mean? Like, isn't that weird that, like, you, that you're the information guy who's also on comedy podcast? Like, I don't think... It makes more sense for a person campaigning for presidency to like go into a comedy podcast and be kind of boring for three hours to explain a campaign. I understand that. But a guy whose whole job is just to broadcast and relay information, like now he's the personality that they want to have come out and hear him talk. It's like he's supposed to just be the information guy, which I know is a stupid moot point at the place we're at with like American media, but like. It is wild. You know what I mean? Like, that shouldn't just be a thing that's happening all the time. But I don't know. So, I mean, he's already he's already come out of the gate swinging. I saw some tweet by him. I don't follow him. I saw some tweet by him. Also, I wouldn't be embarrassed. I'm just saying. I just saw somebody, like, quoted his tweet, and he tweeted after getting fired, the bitches set me up. And I was like, damn. He is really going to uh, parlay this into quite a a vitriol-filled campaign to keep his brand going. You know what I mean? I'm interested in the products that he's going to be coming out with. Uh, I'm interested in the sponsorships that he's going to be getting, um, which are many, which are numerous. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. But it is that's a weird life to live you know, Don Lemon or Tucker, because now that they're off the news, they're just a guy living in the shadow of everything they've said on air. So it's like, you've been the guy that people on either side have hated, have pointed to like, he's a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? You've been the guy that has said all the shit that's pissed him off. And now... 
you're not saying that shit anymore, but you're still that guy and you're just trying to get a bagel and some guy's like, fuck you, you know what I mean? And you're like, damn, this is kind of the rest of my life, I guess, which, I mean, they've accepted. They're highly political people. They love it when people talk shit to them because they don't respect the other side, I don't think, you know? So they're fine with it, I guess, but it's got to be, it's got to be odd to like be like some quote serious news anchor and say all this shit and then you're in Home Depot and you're like, ah, fuck, this old white dude is looking at me weird. He's pissed. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I mean, it's like, I feel like if you were like a famous comic or something like that, you kind of expect it. And then if people get mad at you, you're like, well, I'm a comedian. You know what I mean? But if you're like the news guy, like what sucks is like, you know, if you're like a famous comedy podcaster and some guy comes up and they're like, your shit is terrible. I hate what you say. You can be like, I'm fucking around, you know, and you don't necessarily get away with it. But like, you, you can say that because that is the point. You know, you're joking, you know. But if you're like Don Lemon and a guy comes up and he's like, I hate what you say on CNN, you can't be like, I was fucking around. No, you have to be like, no, that was true, you know. Or you don't anymore. I don't know. It would be pretty interesting if, like, Tucker came out and was like, uh, yeah, my bad about that. I didn't, I was crazy I said all that stuff for that long. I said a lot of weird shit for a really long time. That was pretty weird to me, honestly. My bad. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't think he feels bad about the wild shit he said on air. I think he just said it, and it was what it was. But uh, he fucking... Somebody tweeted the funniest thing. They were like, I don't think anybody's thinking about the fact that maybe Tucker resigned, and he realized the damage he's done with the words that he said and what he's helped turn America into. And maybe he resigned. And then you look at his tweet, and he's like, the bitches set me up. And it's like, I don't think so. You know what I mean? I think Tucker is still pretty fine with the shit that he said. And even if he doesn't believe it, it's pretty clear that he's a guy that is fine with saying some shit he doesn't believe. You know what I mean? I've never looked at him and been like, yeah, no, Tucker Carlson is definitely a man of his word. You know what I mean? He's definitely, you definitely never lie. What kind of news anchor would do that for a fucking million dollars a year? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. But, listen, the point is, I'm still broadcasting, and they're not. Okay? So, who fucking won? Huh? Tucker and Don Lemon. You're not on the news anymore. Neither am I. But I'm, I got a mic in front of me. Where's your mic? You got no mics, okay? So if you're listening to this, and if you used to be a fan of Tucker Carlson or Don Lemon, and you no longer can watch them, come watch me. I talk about much less serious things, and I know very little about the world. And that will be a good break, because if you've been a fan of Tucker or Don, you've been ramped up for the last six fucking years. You have been ramped up and pissed, okay? So maybe take a break, take a load off, you know, have some simple, not that great spaghetti. That's what my podcast is. You know what I mean? It'll fill you up, you know? Yeah, it's not the baked Alaska that Tucker's dogmatism is, or dogmatism's not a word, but dogmatism, you get it, his big, you know, his big talk, the end of the world stuff. We don't have that here, okay? Okay, this podcast believes that the world is going to be fine. As long as people join the revolution that is this podcast and help create the new world that this podcast is trying to create. 
which is not a hard stance. We're very chill. But you do have to believe everything that I believe and follow it to the T. That's all I'm saying. Uh, is it a religious movement? A little bit. Um, is the leader of the religion me? Yes. Am I kind of God? I could be. I don't know. That's up to you guys. You know what I mean? Um, but if you're looking for somebody, I mean, I can, you know, I can be your guy. You know, I could, I could do that. Um, and, and maybe you need that. You know, maybe you, you just need a little break. You know, you need a little razor scooter of a podcast to just hang out in, you know? Um, I don't know. But, uh, anyway, uh, Bit of a shit can of an episode. Last couple of episodes have been a little weak. I'll be honest, been a little weak. But listen, we're coming back next week. We should have the new mic. It's going to be pretty exciting. Watch out for it. Um, thinking about starting a Patreon, even though nobody listens. But just, you know, if you want to kick down a couple bucks and get an extra episode, it could be fun. I'm thinking about it. Let me know if that's something you'd be interested in. Even if one of you would pay me 2 to $5 a month, I'll start it. I don't think you will, though, and I don't blame you. So we might wait on that. But I'd love to hear back from you. Just comment, ask questions, bring things to the pod if you want to be a part of it. It's small. You can DM me. I can, I will read it. You can comment. I read it. When it's mean, I see it. That's why I don't like it. But if you have a direct question, you can ask it either in a reply or a DM any hour of every day, and I'll probably see it. This is not a big operation. If you want a question asked about literally anything at any time on the podcast, this is the only, if the podcast ever gets successful, this will never happen again. So this is the time. What is deep, dark family secrets I will share on this podcast in the hope that one more fucking person will listen to it, okay? Ask me anything. Ask me if I will help you kill a guy, and I'll give you an answer. Probably no, but I'll ask me. Come on! It's fun. It's a good time. But anyway, uh, everybody that tuned in again this week and made it till the very end, wow. I love you so much. Uh, sorry it's a bit of a shorter episode. We're going to get back on a good track. You know, we've been having fun at Fish, but we're going to get back on a good track. Get back in the cave. Start working it out. Start making things happen for you guys, because I love you all so much. Um, and we're going to have a good time. So uh, if you tuned in and you enjoyed this show, leave a little like, a little comment, a little subscribe. And uh, know that I love you so much. I'll talk to you all soon. Love you. Bye-bye.